All right, everybody, we got a good one on top five tonight. We're listing our top five Metallica songs. Welcome to Top Five with Joey Casada. Starring Joey Casada. Team Jesus, my friend. No! Am I walking around, Paul? Co starring Ernie Palooza. And the doctor, Tommy Snyder. Goddamn. Now here's your host, Joey Casada. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top Five. I'm your host, Joey Casada. And I'm Katuru. And this is my call. <laughs> oh, good God. Is that how you pronounce that, Katul? The call of Karajo. <laughs> it's a good song. I don't mind that song. Didn't make my list, but it, that's a deep that's a deep cut, Ernie. Deep cut. Cut me deep. Cut me deep. What's happening? Cut me cut me, Mick. Whoa, well, we, we might yeah. as well dive right into this. What what do you got? What are you what are, Ernie? What are we drinking tonight? Oh, this is, I'm drinking some uh, root beer at this time. It's my last one. What kind? You pull that up to the camera here. This is the Saranac, the only brand I absolutely love. Oh. Is this is this been brewing since 1888? It tastes like it. <laughs> the hard so, stuff tonight. Hard stuff. I like it. So yummy. Me too. I'm on the weaker side tonight. I got a little beautiful Ultra Strawberry Dreams Monster. <laughs> <laughs> Without Snyder, this is what we do, right? I expected some company tonight. Oh, wait, what are we talking here? Uh with the category, uh, the topic, I mean, I expected somebody, some people. I know who you were expecting, and I didn't have a three-hour time slot for a show tonight. Oh. <laughs> Am I'm I a Jericho. Is, uh, is he a Metallica fan? You, you know him better than I do. Nah, we got to save him for some, some real important stuff like Kiss. You know that. Understood. But again, we were at a couple weeks in between. We're super busy. We are fastly, fastly approaching our 100th episode but at this rate we might never get there any we gotta start yeah. pumping out some more episodes here come on that's that's the opposite of fastly ernie is less busy when he's working he's more busy in the summer i don't like it <laughs> partying with my family i can't wait for you to get back to work ernie so that way we can pump out these podcasts like we used to i i, I go out a lot for, the, for the, the two weeks between the end of summer school and the beginning of regular school. Son of a bitch. <laughs> we got to do this for our fans, Ernie. 100 episodes. We got to get we got to get it going. I think this is 98. Hold on. Let me check. What else you have to do while I'm checking? I don't know. You think we have more uh, episodes than fans? <laughs> oh, no. Our, fa our fans are growing, Ernie. And I, I'm not sure by the numbers, but they've been eating a lot. They're growing. I thought. <laughs> uh, let's see. We are. This is number. Oh, where the hell does it say? What the hell? One hundred two. Oh no. <laughs> I think this is ninety-seven or ninety-eight. I I'll, I'll confirm by the end of the episode. But anyway, uh, we got no doctor tonight. We got no special guest. We're gonna pump right into this topic. This is a good one. This is one we've been trying to do for weeks now. And we just haven't gotten around to it. Top five Metallica songs. So give me a little backstory on your Metallica fandom. When did you become a fan? When did you hear about them the first time? Have you ever seen them live? Give me everything. I have seen them live with Cliff Burton. Open for Ozzy? Yeah. My students always um come to me. My students are young, obviously. I work in high school. They come in and say, what was it like to see Metallica with Cliff Burton? <laughs> and I say, it was no big deal. We didn't know he was going to die. Right. <laughs> Very good point. Right. I can imagine many people said the same thing about Elvis at the end there. They were making fun of him. He was bloated. He was Elvis. But once he's gone, it's like, oh, my God, Elvis, what was, his, what was it like to see him? 
No, but Cliff was special. Cliff was, you know, I obviously no one knew it at the time either, but Cliff was different. I think he was a different bass player than uh, everyone else. He, he, he did a lot of cool stuff. When I was 16 years old listening to Metallica, nobody was saying, wow, listen to this basis. <laughs> no, you're right. I agree. I don't remember ever hearing that when I was young, but I don't remember ever hearing that almost, I mean, about any bassist. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the bass, Ernie. Yeah. Nobody cares about the bass. But what, what was the first time you heard them? Uh, first time I heard them, hanging out on Avenue S in front of a pizzeria. Uh, one of the Katamos had a cassette, and I think um, it was for whom the bell tolls. Can you quickly explain what is a Katamo? Katamo <laughs> uh, Brothers. Oh. Vinny Katamo. <laughs> I mean, a Katamo could have been anything. One of the Katamos had it. I don't know what the hell a Katamo is. On, a, on a, one of those boombox radios. <laughs> it, it sounded great. Really. So you heard Ride, it was on Ride the Lightning, obviously. So the second record. I didn't know the name of the album. I just, right. they, sure. He me one song. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I don't know when I heard them exactly, but my brother was a big Metallica freak. So especially as soon as they came out, he, you know, I didn't even know who they were, what they were, what the hell is a Metallica. Um, <laughs> Didn't like them for a long time. Didn't like them. Wasn't into thrash. Wasn't into heavy music. You know, he's listening to Metallica. I'm listening to Autograph and Bon Jovi. So it, those worlds didn't collide back then. Now everything is, you know, one genre, one world of music, good music. and, and back, But back then it really wasn't. It was, you know, the Bon Jovi and, and the Def Leppard mixed more with pop with Michael Jackson and Prince and all that stuff than they did with Metallica and Maiden. That's what I felt anyway. I remember saying a very stupid thing. I had to eat my words later when I became a Metallica fanatic. Um, similar to what you just said. Like, I used to say, you can't really just replace melody with power. It it doesn't work. <laughs> right. And I eat my words over the years. <laughs> yeah, they proved that it did work. I mean, and again, I, you know, I don't know the history of Crash. I know there were bands doing this type of stuff before Metallica, but Metallica was the first band that I knew of that did this type of stuff. And I, I would guess to, and I would, you know, go out on a limit to say they were the first mainstream band to do this. They were the first band to really hit the mainstream to make it a popular genre. And it, it really exploded, you know, back then who would have thought Metallica was going to be bigger than every other band out then. Right. The uh, third Metallica album is the first album ever to hit the top 30 without even a single of any kind. Wow. Yeah. And it might be, of... might be the, only, the only album ever. I, I should look it up. And you're saying in the history of music? Yeah, they were definitely wow. the first. And I don't, I don't, I might, it might have never happened again. Someone looked, checked. I want a little, we're going to do a little segment, a new segment here, everyone. <laughs> Check my uh, facts. Check Ernie's facts. If you hear Ernie say any kind of music fact or billboard fact or anything about an album sale or a band, please check it. If you can prove that his fact was wrong, we will send you a top five T-shirt. Ernie, it comes out of Ernie's paycheck. Once again, my fact was first and possibly only, definitely first though, Top 30 album in history that had no single released whatsoever. The name of the hit, album was Master Puppets. Hit it, hit the Google machine, everyone. Win your free t-shirt now. First one to send us an email. Not everyone. First one to send us an email at top five with Joey Casada at gmail.com will receive a free top five t-shirt. You can choose from the top five logo to the Joey shirt to the Ernie shirt to the doctor shirt. Anyone you want, your choice. Prove Ernie's facts wrong, win a prize. You have a Joey shirt? There is a Joey shirt. Well, it's, it's just my regular Joey shirt, but it's under the top five categories. <laughs> so even me, for, so for me, again, Metallica was something I wasn't into, and it's so funny. When I joined my first band, a uh, band called Menace, 
Uh, they were heavy. This was 1988, he maybe 87. Heavy, heavy into Metallica. Metallic, they worshiped Metallica. And like I said, I worshiped Striper and Bon Jovi. So I was on the other end of the spectrum. But, you know, it's not like it is today. You know, I teach at School of Rock. All these kids have so many other musician friends to play with. I didn't have kids that I knew that I could play with that I, that I liked, that liked my music. I went to a music and performing arts high school, but I didn't have people like-minded like me to play music with. And my friend James Myers actually reached out and said, hey, this kid on my block plays in a band. He's a guitar player. He's looking for a drummer. And I even said this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. The, the guitarist's name was Ray Connolly. He lived on in Brooklyn, Marine Park, Brooklyn. Still looking for Ray. I haven't been able to find him after you know 35 years. But I remember I went to audition. Half the songs they wanted me to audition, I went to audition her at Sync the Pink where I met Playground over on uh, Flatbush. And all this, almost all the songs they wanted me to play were Metallica songs. So I, I didn't care because I just wanted the gig, right? I just wanted a band and musicians to play with. So I learned the songs, played the songs, got the gig. I remember the first time they came to my house to rehearse. I'm scrambling because I got all my striper posters up. Kiss I left up because Kiss is, to me, universal. You, and if you don't like Kiss, I'm going to punch you in the face. So you don't like Kiss, too bad. But I, I remember taking my striper posters down. I remember taking my autograph and Cinderella posters down and grabbing my brother's Metallica posters and, and putting them up in my room just to show that I was a Metallica fan. So just kind of, uh, you know, I was kind of like a backwards poser, I guess, if you can, uh, if you can, if you can call me that. What was I just thinking of? You just reminded me, um, before Playground, Tommy was in another band. I think they were called The Slam. Um, and for some reason, I was going to all their practices. I don't know why I used to do that all the time. I did that for playground as well, but uh, right. We I go to one of their practices and the drummer doesn't show. I'm the only person there, no clue how to play drums or anything. I'm gonna abruptly rip you. <laughs> oh, that sounded like it was from 1888. I burned my nose. That burp inside of my nose. <laughs> so I go in there. Um, they need me to play drums. I don't know how to play drums. I don't even have drumsticks. They give me the metal uh ashtrays. They used to be in the uh in this club, uh, and I had to play uh, Whiplash from Italian. No, come on, that and I'm um, living after midnight from Judas Priest. I remember those two songs. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because I think Lars actually used metal ashtrays when he recorded Saint Anger <laughs> for his drum sound. So I think it all ties together somehow. <laughs> Acting like a maniac. <laughs> Do you, please, is there any floating recordings of that around? I so doubtful. What like uh, I would have to assume no. Jesus. All right, let's dive into this, Aaron. Let's dive into our top five Metallica songs. Now I texted you right before this. I was expecting some Ernie rules. I got none. So let's just dive in. No rules. Let's do it. What do you got? Number five, Ern. Oh. All five are from the same time period. I'm one of those guys, it looks like. Uh, number five, and Justice for All. They wrote after they saw the Al Pacino movie. What a good movie! Yeah, I'm, but I'm a sucker for the uh, the epics. And I, I mean, that whole not, album, but they had a lot of epics on that album, right? 
Yeah. It's like nine songs with two records. Same. That's was, a good one. Did you see them on that tour? I saw the Monsters of Rock technically was that tour, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I did see them, yeah. Me too. What a show that was. Jesus. Giant Stadium, Kingdom Come, Dokken, Metallica, Van Halen, Scorpions. That's what it was? Yeah, but Metallica was before Dokken and Scorpions right. before Van Halen. Right, right, right. Yeah, we actually, we were, we were on the floor and then Metallica came on. And it became, when Metallica came on stage, the floor became a very scary place to be. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually went the opposite of what concert goes wanted to get closer. We started going up. <laughs> <laughs> and you were young. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you weren't right into that. No, it was, it was scary. The stuff, the people, people are crazy. Well, it's also, it's new to us at that point, right? We didn't know what moshing and all that stuff even was. Also, people diving over the um, the wall from the seats to the fl floor. Right. You know, there's, every now and then you see somebody do that, and then suddenly Metallica stuff like it's like a wave. Oh of my people. god! It's, it's, Great. It scared me. And you said you couldn't replace melody with power. <laughs> they replaced uh, people's uh, heads cracking. <laughs> <laughs> Good start in justice. That's that's a I would that's a pretty deep cut. I I would say right. It's one of my favorites. Uh, sure. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start again. I don't know if anything on this record is a deep cut, but this is definitely my favorite Metallica record. Um, I'm going to go with one of my favorites off Master of Puppets, Damage Incorporated. Always loved it. Love the the ah, that, Just loved, you know, the, the big crescendo there and the whisper. Just a crazy heavy song. I remember even when I wasn't into Metallica and into this stuff, my friends, when we were in, you know, grammar school and stuff, we would always have sleepovers and we'd always listen to like mostly the stuff I mentioned before, like the Bon Jovi's and, and Kiss and stuff like that. But towards the end of the night, we would always throw on Damage Incorporated by Metallica and Caught in the Mosh by Anthrax. And we would just mosh and kill each other. <laughs> so that was like my first introduction to uh, Damage Incorporated. Who is Razorback? And why can't we F with him? <laughs> is, is that a lyric in that song? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Lyric. Jesus Christ. That's all I know. <laughs> don't F with Razorback. <laughs> No idea. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. All right, what do you got? Number four. Number four. Um, okay. Creeping Death from Ride the Lightning.
guess this is also a deep cut, but if you ever see them live, the, it's one of it's so great live. That whole die part when the whole crowd is going nuts. Um, it, it shows not all metal is about partying and sex. Some this is about the origin of pass Passover, basically. Um, yeah, great pick. It's, it's actually on my honorable mentions. Uh, love it. That's an album. I don't love that album. I know most Metallica fans maybe even go to that album as their best album. I like it. There's a couple of good songs on it, but I don't love that album as a whole. I I love every 80s Metallica album. Um, Master Puppets, obviously, more than... Uh, it's one of the greatest albums ever. But Ride the Lightning, I, I happen to like Ride the Lightning. Yeah. Yep. For me, if I, if, I, if I wanted to say something that would get Metallica fans angry, Kill Em All is actually not... I don't hold in high esteem as much as I used to. Just to piss people off, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, real Metallica freaks love, love, love Kill 'em All. Speaking of yeah. Kill 'em All, yeah. <laughs> my number four is on Kill 'em All. It's my only one from Kill 'em All. Uh, my favorite from Kill 'em All, The Four Horsemen. Is it the best song on the album? I don't know. Like, is uh, Jesus Christ, what's the big one on that album? God Almighty, why am I losing it? Seek and Destroy, right? Uh, Seek and Destroy is just so overplayed. It's you know, I've, it's prop. Is it a better song? Probably, but it's just so overplayed. I couldn't pick it. I always love Four Horsemen, even though it has the uh, the Iron Maiden. <laughs> but great stuff. Did you know what the Four Horsemen was called before Mustaine left the band? No. The Five Horsemen. There was never five members of Metallica. <laughs> Fact check. Here we go. No, that was a joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just always loved that. I, thought, I think it's a good song. I agree. That first Metallica record is a groundbreaking for what it is. Yes, I guess so. I get it. I get why it's such a big record in the industry. But I, it's to me, it's not a fantastic record. It's more of it's like it's, you know it's an easy doesn't do it for, doesn't do it for me as much as the other albums. Agreed. All right, Aaron, what do you got? Number three. Uh, number three. Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, sanitarium. Oh, that's a good one. I forgot about that. Still, no 
it's a cuckoo's nest and song version, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. When he says, um, he's getting better. Can't you tell? <laughs> that's master so two, cool. right? Yeah. Oh, master is all I'm going to be talking about from now on, by the way. Oh, wow. Much. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's my album, but if, if, it's the only metallic album that I, if I had to choose on a desert island, master puppets would, would go with me. You know what's really? If you had, you know what? That's a good. That's a good uh, top five episode. Top five uh, desert island albums. What do you? What do you bring? Yep. Um, yeah. You know what's so funny too about Metallica? You know, now that I hear them now, they don't sound that heavy to me. It's, I don't know if it's because they're so much heavier now, or I'm just I can just appreciate it more. But it doesn't sound like I remember being a kid. Like, oh my god, how? Like being a parent, how could you listen to this? Now, the, um, all the great Metallica albums are eligible for uh, the oldie station, CBS oh, FM. Isn't that sick? It really is. <laughs> at least classic rock, for sure. Wow. Oh, classic rock, definitely, yeah. All right. Again, speaking of which, you know, not that heavy. Again, Sanitarium's heavy, but it's not, you know, that thrashy heavy. And neither is this one. My number three, Fade to Black. You know, for, for whom the bell tolls off ride is really good too, but it's again, it's one of those played out songs. Not that Fate of Black isn't, but Fate of Black to me is still, even though it's long, it just stands the test of time. It's it's good. It's really good. It's and it's not obviously not on that thrashier side. It's not the stuff that I love, and I don't mind it, a heavy thrash song once in a while. But Fate of Black has power and melody, which I like. I never understood why Ozzy had such a problem with the suicide thing, but Metallica got away with Fate of Black. I mean, I mean, Ozzy actually got sued, right, for Suicide Solution? Yeah. And did he lose? No. No, he didn't lose. <laughs> it was what ridiculous. Yeah. Insanity. <laughs> and, and technically, what, Suicide Solution is not about suicide. It's about preventing suicide, right? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll uh, tell you what I uh, think of when I when you mentioned Fade to Black. Um, say about 1991, um, the weekend before the Black Album came out, I happened to get it uh, three days early uh, from a friend and all that and all that. Well, your band, Playground, was playing that weekend. And a girl and her friend came over to pick me up. <laughs> I guess you know what story I'm going with. Yeah, with oh, the, yes. It's what I think of when I have Faith the Black. Well, anyway, oh, yes. I, I had a major crush on this girl, like uh, this girl named Joyce. So her, her friend comes to pick up me and Eddie who lives right across the street, but Eddie's taking forever because he's got to do his hair. <laughs> so um, I say, she's saying how much she loves Faith of Black. I said, I got the new Metallica album and there's a song that I, because I already listened to the album like five times and I'm saying there's a song called Unforgiven that is actually better than Faith of Black. Is it better? Do I think that now? No, but you know. Right. So this this is uh, I only heard it one day ago. Well, anyway, I'm like, come on up. She comes up the stairs, sitting on my bed. <laughs> um, I play Unforgiven. 
you go, wow, that was incredible. Like, yeah, wasn't it great? All right, let's go. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> get, lord the girl up to your bedroom with your beautiful Guinea voice and olive oil charm. She's in your bedroom. She's on your bed. Now, <laughs> let's let's also preface the listen, tell the listeners, your bedroom door was unable to close all the way. Am I correct? It, it would hit the bed, yes. It, was, it would uh, actually hit, the, his room was so little, it would hit the bed. He couldn't close the door. So Ernie's privacy was My bedroom was, was a closet. My bedroom was a closet. I had to move my bed to close the door. I did not have to put the bed back. Had so the girl the in the room. The fire, we were trapped in there, yes. Had her in, yeah. on the bed, listening to Unforgiven. Just sitting there. How the long song... Unforgiven is? <laughs> the song is over. Just listening, staring at each other. <laughs> And you it's basically said, "Seven-minute long song. It's seven minutes." Oh, Ernie, you could have made your move there so easy. And Christine, who was um my friend, who kind of engineered this to happen because she knew I liked her, said, "Ernie, let me get this straight." She went upstairs to your bedroom by herself, waiting for you there, and you play a song and then tell her, "Let's get out, get out." <laughs> you called, were. <laughs> she called me. You, <laughs> you were way happier. That you got to introduce new music to someone than doing anything else. I know you. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you did not put it this way. You did not walk out of there with any regrets. You were flying high because you got someone up to your room to listen to new music. It didn't matter who it was. It, w it was exciting to think that, yes. <laughs> I know. <it's... laughs> All right. You're number two. Come on. Okay. Uh, Master of Puppets. Nice. From the album Master of Puppets. I think it's the greatest anti-drug song I've ever heard. It's it's the most anti anti-drug song. It's so it's so dr drugs are evil. It's I mean if you ever listen to the song with like the lyrics in front of you, which is what we all did when it came out, the song is even better. Who writes Metallica's lyrics? Is it always Hetfield? Jesus, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know either. I would assume that it is, but I'm not positive. But that's got some incredible lyrics in it. Oh, it's got me buzzing to know what your number one is. Interesting, huh? I'll tell you. You know, <laughs> as a song, my number two, Master of Puppets, could be number one. But my number one, there's a part of it. All right, I, I'm gonna give away too much. There's a part that I don't, like. More, don't more give than, it away. Like, yeah. All right. My number two. I wonder if our number ones and twos are flip flopped. Possibly. My number two. I, I don't think so. Oh, maybe not. I'm sure. My not. number two. I guess most people are going to say what this is when Metallica went mainstream. Um, 
it's their first video. I think they said they would never do a video. The song won. This has a dignity all its own. Don't you remember when you were little? How you and Bill Harper used to bring a wire between the two houses so you could telegraph to each other? You'll remember the Morse code. And I know it's probably played out as well, but again, what a great song. What a great story. What a sick, sick video. Just great. Oh, my God. I mean, to imagine what this poor guy is going through. Um, it's just incredible. Just, you know, the visual went so it was, you know, they did a video, but they didn't do a video like every other video that was coming out that it was just girls and partying and they had a real serious video and, and, and they just, I thought it was a phenomenal, phenomenal way to start their video career. It's a one. Hmm, uh, it's a powerful it, song. Um, you know, it's actually the third single from that album. They had two singles before that. from What's that same the, album. What are the first two? Harvester of Sorrow. Yeah. Single. And then they released Eye of the Beholder. Really? I, don't, I mean, a Harvester, I remember. Harvester's on my, my honorable mentions, too. Yep. But wow, Eye of the Beholder was a single, too? Yep. One was the third single on that album. So they were really being forced. Because there were no singles released from yep. Master Puppets. So the record company was like... Of course. <laughs> like, we're, we're really missing out here. I wonder what the story was, just because again, you're talking. This is '88 injustice, right? Maybe, yeah, '88 or '89. I got. Um. So if this is around, let's just call it '88. This was around '88. MTV rules the world right now. MTV, you get a, a video on MTV that's hot. You're selling platinum immediately. Your tour is selling out. That's just the way it was. MTV had that much power. I don't know if kids today realize how much power it had. But that was the power of MTV. And I wonder, I wonder, I, I've never heard the story of how the one video came about. Like what you just said, maybe the setup was record company forced them to release singles on this record for the first time. First two didn't do well, obviously. And then the record company finally said, maybe now we actually need a video as well. I don't know. I wonder what the story is. How did they... Because I remember seeing interviews with Metallic or at least reading something in like Hit Parader or Circus or something saying Metallica will never do a video. Do you remember hearing that back then? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I'm sure it was a record company thing. And again, looking back, I wonder if one is not a video. Where does, And Metallica goes along, stays on that path. No videos. Are they are they the Metallica we know today? I say a thousand percent no. I agree, and that song was a top forty hit. Wow, was it, it? It went to number thirty five on the Billboard chart in America. Was it an edited version, or was it the regular version? Because the was, regular version is like six minutes, right? Seven minutes forty seconds. Fact check time. Hold on, <laughs> I'm going. Hold on, here we go, people. The first Ernie fact check of a day of a day. Seven twenty-six. That's doesn't sound right. <laughs> I think it's seven forty. <laughs> but maybe they're not counting that intro with the machine the the, the guy yelling at the beginning, maybe? <laughs> Spotify has it listed at seven twenty-six. No. I'm I sorry, to... sir. The card says moops. <laughs> My Injustice for All record when I was a kid had the, the titles and then the length of the song. 
Matter of fact, most that might have been one of the first albums that actually did that. The length of the song in right next to the title on the back of the album. So you're telling me right now, you're going to tell the people a free T-shirt is on the line. The back of the Injustice for All album, the song one says it's list. The track listing says seven minutes, 40 seconds. Yes. Okay. Call a friend, call whoever you need, everyone. Get me that fact. Send me the picture of the back of the album. First one to send it, free T-shirt out of Ernie's paycheck. I have no money. <laughs> you already have no money. All right, here we go. Number one. So let's recap. Okay. Ernie's number five, and Justice for All. Number four, Creeping Death. Number three, Sanitarium. Number two, Master of Puppets. And the number one favorite Metallica song for Ernie is... One word title. Starts with a no. Orion. gonna guess one yeah orion is, is the answer <laughs> nice well it could have been one you would have said damn it you took my number one orion wow really yeah it's a song that got me into metallica um that middle part when the when the riff starts and it's just like a bass dum, 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 yeah. Dum. yeah that's my favorite metallica moment period wow. i think it's so pretty to me that that whole thing is it's it's beautiful you got some deep stuff here, and I figured you were going to go way more straight-laced. When you didn't give me any rules, I said, oh, he's going to have all the usuals on his list. No. These, this, these songs are the real me. Yeah, Orion, Sanitarium, and Justice for All. Creeping Death, not so much, but I, I would call those three pretty deep. I got a, uh, another story about the Master of Puppets tour that I saw when I saw Ozzy. Um, my friend, um, the doctor's brother-in-law, borrowed my dad's car to drive us because we were all too young to drive, but he was old enough. Well, my dad says, please, please, please be careful and come home with the car safely. They come home. <laughs> we got good news and bad news. <laughs> the car <laughs> is fine, but we lost your son. <laughs> I know that. I know this story. And your dad probably wasn't even that upset. He would have rather to lose you. I they came home without me. I, I got what lost. No, you didn't get lost. Tell the story. I saw 
in between when Metallica ended and before Ozzy began, it was everybody run to the bathroom thing. When I came out, I really felt, I really wanted, I saw what I would need to do to get to the front row. I'm 16 years old. Everybody talks about being front row for a concert. This is my, I feel like this is my chance. They're waiting for me up in the seats. They think I'm in the bathroom. What the hell? I start pushing, 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 pushing. I get so close to the front. I'm not in the front row, but there's only like one row of people in front of me. And then I'm trapped for the rest of the show, basically. <laughs> it's it's so it's so packed in. You know, you're doing this with your arm. You can't put your arm back down. So everybody's resting their arms on a person next to you, first of all. You can't get your arm back down. Everybody's doing this. Second of all, you can't get out to go to the bathroom. So I realized everybody's peeing on each other. Ah, as well. It, 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 I will never go back there again <laughs> to the front row. That, so for kids out there who've always wanted to sit in the front row, that's what it's like. Well, anyway, uh, by the, and then when the show's over, I got to wait for everybody else to get out. I can't get out of there. I can't remember where the seats are. I see it's all empty. And I just happen to bump into people from my neighborhood. They're jumping on the trains, going home. Now, I could say I got a ride and try to find the others or go with this guarantee. I made my choice. I said, you know something? I'll go home with you guys. No, it was, listen, it was 100% the right choice. And obviously, there's no cell phones. This is what, 86, 87 the most, right? 86, yeah. This is what, Ultimate Centaur, Ozzy? Yeah. No cell phones. But is there any reason why you, there's now, for people who don't know, there was no cell phones, but there's a payphone three every block. It was you couldn't pull, you couldn't grab a payphone before you got to the train. I know the layout of the garden. Well, these were all a little bit older kids, and like I was scared they were gonna right. Okay, so you could you couldn't say hold up, I gotta call my dad. Yeah, they're jumping turnstiles and everything. Yeah, I'm like I I'm barely keeping up with them. Yeah, but, oh yeah, but yeah, I, I should have found a way to call. It, it wasn't the right, it was the wrong thing to do. It wasn't a nice thing to do, my dad. And I apologize. Nobody is. So how long after do you get home than when your dad knows you're gone? Probably hours. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, my dad was so, was so happy to see me for an instant and then so angry. <laughs> what did he say? And what were they doing? Were they trying to find you or figure out what happened? Any, what was the, what were, what were they going to do? The others? The others and your, and your dad. Well, forget forget my dad. My dad didn't know anything was wrong until they all got home. Right. They were trying to find me in the in the place. They talked to the people that worked there. They decided they would wait by the car. They were the last car there when they finally left. <laughs> oh my god! So I did the wrong thing with them as well. I I did I I, I messed up with everybody. Uh, no, that's that's Ernie. <laughs> If Ernie does something, if Ernie turns left, you bet your ass you go to the other way. Turn right. On the plus, Ozzy and everybody, they sweat on me. Listen, but this same thing happened years later, and you had the solution. You started screaming your own name. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> Ernie! Ernie! Oh, that's a, that's a TV show moment. <laughs> For when the movie comes out. For anyone who didn't tune into that episode, there's a story. Ernie, we're out, we're out in the Hamptons. There's this place called the Bordy Barn. We're all drunk, and we all pile out of that place at the same time. We go to this little shopping area next door to get pizza, and the place is mobbed. Hundreds of people, hundreds of people, hundreds of people. Ernie loses us, right? Is this? Am I telling you right? Yeah, I went to pee in some alley. Ernie loses us. He goes to pee down some alley. He can't find us anywhere. Of course, it's Ernie's fault because he leaves us, right? Can't find us anywhere. So, and me and, you know, Billy and I, Big Head Billy, who's a, often a reoccurring guest on this show, we're looking for Ernie everywhere. We cannot find him no matter what we do. And Ernie's little. We can't see him in the crowd. So Ernie has a brilliant idea. He can't start screaming, Joey, Billy, because there's 900 Joeys and Billies. He starts screaming and pointing at himself, Ernie! <laughs> Ernie, he looked. Picture this scene. He's drunk. Everyone's drunk. Everyone's walking around like the Walking Dead. He's in the middle of this herd, screaming, Ernie, Ernie. And it worked because we heard him and we found him. 
don't know how I figured that one out. God, that is, I don't know how that's not in a movie somewhere. Jesus Christ. That'll be in the movie of our lives one day. Oh, yes. 100%. <laughs> you'll probably get lost in the alleyway when we're screening the movie and you'll be screaming, aren't I? <laughs> All right. I'm up to my number one. Let me recap. My number five, Damage Incorporated. Number four, The Four Horsemen. Number three, Fate to Black. Number two, One. Number one, I know it's, it's, it's easy, it's cliche to say, and you know the new resurgence of this because of Stranger Things, but Maybe. Master of Puppets. It's, it's the perfect Metallica song. How could you, you know, I get it. It's like, you know, Kiss picking rock and roll all night. I understand people not wanting to pick that song or, you know, obviously Enter Sandman didn't enter our list either, but no pun intended. But it, that one is a great song too, but that one's to me even way more overplayed than Master of Puppets. Master of Puppets still feels fresh to me when I hear it. Enter Sandman doesn't. Master of Puppets comes on in my car, I'm listening to it. Enter Sandman comes on, I'm probably not because I've heard it so many times. But, you know, Stranger Things, it's so funny. If people don't watch Stranger Things, there's an episode of Stranger Things where one of the characters is, is a guitar player and he starts playing Master of Puppets to like, bring the demogorgons and the, the demodogs and all these monsters to him and it had master of puppets had a big resurgence because of that like the kids today every kid in my school after that episode of, of stranger things for the next two months wanted to learn master of puppets both of my kids included they both have guitars and both of them can play they don't play guitar but both of them can play that they can play it the whole opening. It's it's crazy, and they and they all think it's a new song. Yeah, they don't know. Why you heard that new song in Stranger Things? Yeah, for, from our generation, Master Puppets is one of the greatest heavy metal songs ever. But now, because of Stranger Things, it's now a pop hit. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I'm just. I would be so curious to see like how many. I don't know if it. it you know, nobody buys records anymore. Just streams because of Stranger Things. How many streams did that get? I, I bet you hundreds of millions. Yep. All right. Quick honorable mentions, Aaron. What do you got? Ah, uh, I had to be. I had to be holder. Ooh. Yeah. I, I always imagine him. Um, we singing that. Um, do you hear what I hear? I can imagine him singing that to Jason and saying, "Not you." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the name, Jason, the bass, the new bassist, yeah. What else? What else you got? There's, there's no bass. <laughs> Ida Behold is on Injustice too. Uh, Ida Behold, yeah. It, yeah. it was actually the second single before one. Oh, that's right. We just talked about it. Right, right. And my other honorable mention was uh, The Four Horsemen, which you had mentioned. Nice. Yeah, I had a couple. I had Creeping Death that you talked about. You mentioned it earlier too. Harvester of Sorrow. It's to me. It's it's. I, I understand why they released that as the first single for Injustice for All. It's just it's the most, I guess, radio friendly if you want to call it. Besides one, but one is seven minutes so or seven forty, or seven twenty six, depending on who we we talk to. But the other one I like again. We had no black album picks, which is crazy between the two of us. And a lot, obviously, a lot of the black album is very played out. I think that's why. But said but true always still sticks out to me. I love that song. And it, you know, I, I actually love that Metallica did that. True Metallica fans, I think, don't like that record. And, and when I say true Metallica fans, I mean like original Metallica fans. They think that's when Metallica started going downhill. But I think in a weird way, Metallica showed people you don't have to play fast to be heavy. And I think the Black Album did that. All the, the Black Album is super heavy. But just because it's not fast and thrashy, old-time Metallica fans just rebelled against it. You find that? I not only agree with what you're saying, but they're not the only thrash band to do that at that moment in time. Slayer and Megadeth did the exact same thing. Matter of fact, I think Slayer did it even before Metallica. Which Slayer album did it? Seasons of the, the Abyss. Yeah. is not... It's not a Slayer sounding song. It was on MTV and everything. It had a sing along chorus. Remember that? Dun, 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 Let yourself go. Yeah, yeah. And what was the Megadeth album? He sells? No. Uh, no, after that, right? Uh, 
Countdown to Extinction, the, okay. which says Symphony of Destruction. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And these yep. were the thrash bands, and they all did this thing at the same moment of time. I wonder why. Did they do it to become more radio-friendly, or uh, it's weird? Or did it's they know Metallica? Part. Did they know Metallica was doing it, and Metallica was kind of leading the way there? I don't know. It's, it's an interesting coincidence, though, the yep. timing of, of all three groups to do that. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, again, Metallica, not something I loved as a kid. I still don't love them. It's not one of my top ten bands, but I can appreciate Metallica now. I I listen to Metallica. I'll put it on every once in a while. I won't change the channel when they come on, but it's not one of my go-to bands. Where would you rate them? You know, in your bandhood, in, in your are they top ten band for you all timer? I gotta think about it. I'm. Well, even I, love, if it's a I love Master. The song I love the Master of Puppets album. I find it easier to talk about albums than people, because yeah. because what does that mean? How many um? What about if a if a group comes out with only one album ever, but you love 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 that album? Does that mean you love that band? I don't. Yes, but I don't know if it could. Yes, it means to me if if a band has one amazing record that I God I can't stop listening to, I love that band but i can't make them one of my favorite bands of all time because i don't think they have the body of work to back it up my favorite bands have to have a big catalog that i constantly go to so what's the percent cutoff how much of the stuff has to be great for you to be saying you like that band i think most of it i think most of the stuff from my favorite bands is if if i have a favorite band which is, you know, my favorite bands, Kiss, Striper, The Beatles, Zeppelin, um, Enough's Enough. These bands, if, I'm, if I had to say quick, those were my top five bands, I would say 90% of their catalogs I love. Okay, 90%. See, that's a, a, an actual quantifiable number. Because people ask me, do you like this group, don't like this group? Right. It's, it's a weird question when you think about it. And listen, I'm not saying 90% has to be the number. I'm just saying in my brain, yeah. there's, there's not a lot of stuff that I don't like from those bands. But there has to be a number. Yeah, I, I, again. If you, like gonna... only, if you like only 25% of a group's output, would you say you like them? <laughs> yeah. I, I, would, I could say I like the band, but I don't, they're not, in my fa they're not my, one of my favorite bands, yes. I think I could still say I like that band, but they're not one of my favorite bands, yes. I definitely got off topic. Uh, yes, I do love the topic. <laughs> I'm just saying this is this is something that has never been studied, and I think it well, should be. I think we should. I think me and you should should start a little uh, focus group here. We'll get some volunteers, and we'll we'll gauge what their favorite, what they say their favorite bands are, and then we will play every song. You you will have you will have to do it, of course, and you will do it in your bedroom, uh, with the door slightly slightly cracked open because your bed is there, and. You will play every song with the, with them, and you will see engage what percentage of songs they really like from their favorite bands. I think we should put some money into this. I like it. Send your checks to top five with Joey Casada at gmail.com to start this new focus group that Ernie's going to head. If you want to be lord up to Ernie's bedroom with the door <laughs> slightly cracked open to listen to long, long songs. In silence, probably three feet apart. Staring at each other. <laughs> staring at each other. Or something tells me you were just staring at her. Uh, please send your money to top 5 with Casada at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be back next week. We are approaching number 100 episode really, really quickly. We got a fun one for that episode. I think everyone's going to enjoy, especially fans of our show. Uh, but we have a couple more to go before we get there. Ernie, any last words? I think the only four words I would say to her while it was happening was, listen to this part. <laughs> You're the worst. Got it. Good night, everybody. <laughs>